Dean Leggie, and today Josh Kendall on the roundtable here on Dog Post. Fletcher Page is on uh, assignment, and Josh is breathing heavy. How's that going, Josh? It's going, it's going pretty good. You know, I'm not as young as I used to be. The last no. time I was on the roundtable. When was the last time you were on the roundtable, anyway? I don't know. Years. It's got to be years. That's too bad. Our audience has grown significantly in that time. Probably because there's probably a correlation. There's probably a correlation <laughs> there. There's certainly a correlation there. Uh, Josh, you've not you've not been on the show in some time. Georgia uh, comes into. We were going to wait and to do this until today anyway because of those rankings coming out. So Georgia checks in at number one. Alabama two. Notre Dame three. Clemson's four for now. Everybody's for now. But it certainly seems like Oklahoma and. Um, and Ohio State are on their heels. What do you make of the ranking? And please don't tell me that uh, they don't matter. Well, I thought that Georgia would be one. I think that Georgia has proven um, more than Alabama. Or let's say, let's, Georgia has a better resume than Alabama because they've got two Correct. what count as really quality wins. And, the, and it was an easy thing for the committee to put Georgia right ahead of Alabama. Because if everything goes as planned, those two teams will get a chance to play it and work itself out. So it was a way for the committee to say, see, we really do pay attention. We're not just going to make Alabama number one and be able to do that without any real risk because Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. If that's how this all plays out, then Alabama's right back in the top spot and Nick Saban's happy, so everybody's happy. <laughs> Is he ever happy? Secretly. Secretly he's happy. But he won't tell anybody. He will never admit it. Well, I would be happy if I were him right now. But, I mean, I would know just like Georgia. I mean, Alabama's got a few games here that are a little bit tricky. They've got LSU, Mississippi State, and I believe I mean, I mean, believe Mississippi State and Auburn, along with a kind of a gimme game um, along the way. Uh, so, Bama should get to Atlanta uh, undefeated. Georgia probably should, too. Georgia, uh, Alabama also plays Mercer. Georgia's path is a little more daunting, I guess. Maybe not with LSU, but Georgia's got South Carolina, then at Auburn, uh, just like Alabama has uh, at the end of the season. Georgia's got them next week, and then they play Kentucky, and then they're at Georgia Tech. Which of those uh, games do you think Georgia has the most likelihood of losing? I would say Auburn, because Auburn's got a pretty good defensive front, really good defensive front. I thought you know, a month ago, Six weeks ago, I might have said Tech because Tech was playing. Yeah. Um, I think Tech's a decent football team, a solid football team, but it feels like the kind of team at the moment that's had so many close calls that they're running out of steam a little bit. Um, I think that Kirby has, has, has shown some success with that option against that option attack, so I don't think that folks should be worried that it's going to you know, surprise Georgia's defense or they won't be prepared for it. And I think that Tech is, is not necessarily playing out the string, but has lost some of that oomph that they had early in the year. Um, South Carolina this week, I don't know. The Gamecocks have the ability to do, in theory, have the ability to do what Missouri did a couple of times, which is go over the top. Jake Bentley's a good quarterback. He's got a good arm. Brian Edwards is a really talented wide receiver. High points the ball pretty well. Um, they've got a couple of other good receivers. So, you know, the Gamecocks could make some big plays, um, but I'm not sure that they'll be able to run the ball consistently enough to stay with Georgia um, for, for four quarters. Uh, so I'd say Auburn at the moment. What, uh, in talking about Carolina, what is their, um, you know, six and two, 
they've kind of beaten up on some not so hot teams uh, here lately. What? Why haven't they given in like they have the previous seasons before? What's the difference with Carolina right now? Well, I think it's it's a little bit of several things. Number one, I think it's the quarterback. You know, he's he's been nitpicked a little bit by the fan base here because he has missed some throws. His footwork is not as crisp as it should be. He's overthrown some guys. And he's missed, when he misses a throw, it's always the guy who's running wide open on the wheel route or on his way to the end zone. But he is a very, very smart football player. He's got all of those intangibles. He gets them into the right play. He manages the game really well. And he does make some really good throws. He is a physically talented kid. I think he is on an upward trajectory. I think he's a pro quarterback in the future. Um, maybe even a pro starter in the future. I think he's that, that kind of player. So, there is a belief, and, and he just handles everything off the field, et cetera, the right way. So I, I think that gives this team a little solidity that certainly it didn't have in the first half of Will Muschamp's first season or going back into that last season of Spurrier in terms of having a quarterback and a steady influence at that position. Defensively, Will Muschamp is a good football coach. I mean, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any question about that. He, they have done a nice job with this defense that's pretty thin, but got enough playmakers at a couple of positions to be able to hold up. They've been opportunistic in the red zone. At times, they've been opportunistic in the turnover battle, say against Arkansas, where they scored three defensive touchdowns. So you put all that together, and, you know, you can't ignore the fact that the four teams that South Carolina has beaten in the SEC are a combined 1-18 and in conference. You know, the SEC feels like it has splintered into – a group of, you know, well, it's really, I guess, three groups at this point. Alabama and Georgia, who were taking off and running away with the thing. Then a group of, a small group of kind of okay teams. And then a really light bottom half, almost. And so, if you're, if you're not in that trash pile, you can stack up some wins against that group. <laughs> trash pile. When South Carolina, South Carolina to their credit, yeah, I mean, South Carolina's I mean, credit, they've stayed out of the trash pile. They've moved out of that. Well, moved out is a general term. This year, I think they have moved out. I I, I agree with you there. Um, and it's you know it's hard just to recap Carolina season. I mean they they uh, they beat NC State. That's their best one of the year. Um, that was looks looks better almost every week. Yeah, that was a good win. And then the, to beat Missouri, who you said was straight garbage. You thought we were talking about it after the game and how bad they were. Uh, and then the loss, the back, these three weeks were really their worst three weeks. They lost to Kentucky at home. They just didn't play well. They saved themselves almost a miracle against, uh, Louisiana Tech. Yeah, I don't know how they played that game. At, yeah, I don't know how they played at A&M, uh, but they lost that game. So, but definitely against Kentucky and Louisiana Tech, they just did not play well. What happened in that middle September stretch? I don't know. You know, well, I, I, I say I don't know. Debo Samuel went out for one thing. He went out in the third quarter of the Kentucky game. Really was one of the most dynamic players in college football, as everybody saw in the first couple of weeks. Had two 97-yard kickoff returns for touchdowns in the first two weeks. Still this team's leader in touchdowns, um, despite the fact that he hasn't played in a month. Just a really dynamic football player. That hurt and had a and had sort of a cascading effect on everything. They lost their best offensive lineman in the Kentucky game. They lost another offensive lineman the next week and another one the next week. So they were really on a roll after and felt – this team felt really good about itself after two weeks. 
beat NC State, a team that they had a lot of respect for, and has, that's proven correct, and beat a Missouri team that they were a little bit worried about because of Missouri's, in theory, high-powered offense and played on the road. Then they come home against Kentucky. First play, offensive play of the game, Debo scores another touchdown. And it looks like it's off the races. And then they just sort of, ugh, all that oomph left them. And then they had a, definitely had a hangover effect from losing Debo, from, from losing to Kentucky against Louisiana Tech. And they bounced back. They played okay in the first three quarters against Texas A&M, led the Aggies by 10, but just couldn't close it out because they couldn't run the ball, and then they couldn't protect Bentley. And he got sacked seven times, five times in the fourth quarter. Um, so South Carolina has turned it around on the strength of being able to run the ball the last three weeks. The problem is they've run the ball against Tennessee, Arkansas, and Bandy, which are the worst run defenses in the country. So if South Carolina's going to take another step forward, they got to prove they can run it against a team like Georgia, thereby opening up the rest of their offense, and we'll see about that on Saturday. Well, they're not going to run it against Georgia. So they're, they're going to have to come, they're going to have to go up with something else. That sort of makes sense. Uh, Florida did run on Georgia a little bit, but I don't think that um, those two run games are in the same universe. That was, you know, at, at the beginning of the season when you, well, in the summer when you and I were talking about Georgia and South Carolina, uh, it, we just both sort of we didn't. Neither of us knew Georgia would be taking off quite like this, but we thought this was a bad matchup for South Carolina, and it's. I think that's true. I mean, I think it's a tough. Um, it's a tough matchup for them. They're playing on the road, obviously. They've lost this game here lately. Most of the time, it's been a little bit lopsided that they've lost lately uh, since 2013. So it's it's not it's not an ideal thing. I think they're running into a, a really tough game. You know, they are a 20 – they're almost 25-point underdog. That seems impossible. It's, it, 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 it absolutely does. It's the largest line, at least in the last 20 years in this game. Um, I talked to a Vegas guy who thinks if it keeps going up, you might see some late money on the Gamecocks as people start to think, well, nobody, you know, Georgia and Alabama are getting overvalued in these crazy point spreads. Right. But this is a bad matchup for South Carolina. To go back to the Texas A&M game and, um, and what I said earlier about Will Muschamp being a really good defensive coach. You know, if you've got a, if, if you, Will Muschamp takes a, less talented team into Kyle Field to play Texas A&M. He can, he has proven he can, make up some of that gap defensively with schemes and stuff that frustrates an offense like Texas A&M. He can kind of out-X and OU from a defensive standpoint to close a talent gap in some regard. But the problem is, with this matchup, I'm just not sure that it's the X's and O's game. You know, I don't think that there's any real secret as to what Georgia's going to do. Um, you know, this is one of those games where Georgia could likely say, this is what we're running, guys, and still be able to run it. So, you know, you're, all your defensive acumen goes out the window at that point. So I don't think that, I don't think that South Carolina makes up any ground in, in that regard in a game like this. And that's, and the fact that if they can't run the ball, they have proven that their offense just doesn't get going anywhere else. So. Yeah, it's a tough matchup for the Gamecocks. Hey, uh, how much do you hear the term chicken curse uh, anymore in Columbia? You really don't. You know, I haven't heard it in a while. Uh, there were some, you know, there was, there was a lot of talk of it in the 11-win run three years in a row. We finished 11-2. Yeah. About killing killing the chicken curse, et cetera, et cetera. 
And in, in in some ways, I think that's true. I think I think that the fan base did kill it because you don't hear. You even in that three and nine season, you didn't really hear chicken curse. You heard, you know, what happened in eleven and two years? I can't lose Spurrier Dennis this way. Blah blah blah. The more traditional griping. So I haven't heard I haven't heard a South Carolina fan talk about the chicken curse in several years. It's amazing because uh, I, I actually think having spent a lot of time in South Carolina, I, I do think the fandom of South Carolina is kind of overdone myself. I mean, you're not you're not talking about 100,000 people going to these games. Uh, when they play in Charlotte, that game is usually not sold out, amazingly, which it's if, you, if people listening to this, I mean, Columbia is at most an hour and a half from Charlotte, so it's something like Georgia playing in Atlanta. Um, I, get a, I get a little over, you know, it's kind of overdone with the uh, South Carolina fans, how great they are. But um, what never did get old was the chicken curse stupidity. And um, I'm kind of sad to hear that that's not around anymore. Sorry. I think it probably is. I mean, well, I mean, maybe it's just gone underground. Maybe it has. Maybe it has. I'm not surprised that they have played well. I think I think I'm maybe a little surprised they're 6-2. and two. I didn't see a ton of wins. And, I mean, honestly, Josh, this might be one of Will's best coaching jobs. I mean, I don't see them beating Georgia. I mean, they should beat the Gators and beat Wofford. I don't think they should beat Clemson, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Uh, but sitting at 8-4, and four, say something like that, that'd be a hell yeah. of a year for South Carolina. Absolutely. That would, that would be, with a chance to get to 9 at a mid-level bowl game against somebody that you, you'll, you'll have a chance to beat, absolutely. That would be a huge step forward for this program based on three three wins two years ago, six wins last year, et cetera. And I agree that you know South Carolina looks better than Florida at the moment, should beat Wofford. Has a puncher's chance against Clemson probably. Right. Um, at this point has a better chance to beat Clemson than it does to beat Georgia, which nobody would have thought entering the season, I don't think. Um, well, so the only interesting – yeah, I'm sorry, Josh. The, the interesting thing about that one is, you know, if Clemson – um, you know, I think they won the last time they were in Columbia, but I don't think they haven't exactly been burning it up in Columbia lately. Uh, I know they're different situation, but um, if the Bryant kid doesn't play or is banged up or something like that, yeah. that gives that that gives them a legit shot of of uh, winning that game. I am going to look up to see what they are lately in Columbia because I don't think it's great. I will say we're that. not. We're not. We're still not. It feels like a long time ago. It feels like ancient history. But we're not that far removed from South Carolina's five-game winning streak in that series. Oh. So oh, you know I mean, that. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to remind the Clemson people of that. Well, I, they're I not. They're not. They're back, not. They're not. Ple- they're not pleased with those. Those were all double-digit wins. Some of them were embarrassing, quite frankly. Um, and Clemson just couldn't figure out how to do anything right. But even even when, you know, the team that were the runner-ups in 15, they only won that game by five. Now, uh, a lot of Clemson people would say to you, well, Carolina scored on the last play of the game or whatever it was. Well, so did you that year against Alabama. So that game wasn't quite as close. as I mean, one is true, then the other one's true. But, I mean, in Columbia, lately it's gone – 32, uh, 37-32 for um, Clemson. Carolina wins 31-17, 34-13, uh, 34-17. Um, they've, you know, 
they've held their own in Columbia lately. But uh, there's no question in that rivalry. I mean, it's, it's almost, you know, exclusively been a Clemson thing. But that's five years. Josh, do, do you think people outside of South Carolina understand how painful that was for the Clemson people? That five, I mean, I, they've never lost five years in a row to Clemson ever. They've no, never they lost they four. They, they never they don't lose back. They hadn't lost back to back to the, to the chickens since the late sixties. Yeah, and, and people don't understand how meaningful it was and still is to South Carolina fans. I mean, there was, you know, you get to talk oh, about yeah. the 11 two seasons, you talk about the um, SEC East Championship from that run too, but South Carolina fans still cling most um, most adoringly to that five game winning streak over Clemson. That's still and will continue to be forevermore what's the most important part of that run during Steve Spurrier era. Uh, I mean, I mean, Steve did a pretty good job. I mean, he was uh, six and three against. I mean, I think Dabo still has a losing record against South Carolina. Does he not? Um, beat him the first year, right? Beat him as interim. No, he's five. He and, I'm interim. sorry, he's five. Yeah, he's five and five. He's okay, five five. if I'm not mistaken, because he took over in '07, right? Uh, yeah, and I, I'm not sure on that one. But he beat him that interim year, and then I think he started losing to him, right? So he would have started. No, you know what? I, I'm 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 wrong. He took over in '08, right? I'm trying to. I'm trying to see here when he took that program over. Let's see. He t- I'm sorry, Josh. He he took over um in 2008. Yeah, so he he still has a losing record to his arch rival. That is amazing. Uh they nearly ran the guy. Out. See, that's the thing people forget. Um, and you and I both now, I mean, you've lived in South Carolina for a while. I've, I've been around the block since 1995 in South Carolina. And, uh, the, the, the thing that's so fascinating is people, I mean, that rivalry really is very fierce. It's a, it really is 365 days a year. And, uh, those teams, uh, do not like each other at all. And it all revolves around, um, the football game. And yeah, you're right. I mean, they, they, they won and he, Clemson won in 08. That basically got him that job. And then uh, in 9, 10, 11, I mean, he, he really uh, – Spurrier got under his skin. They, they oh, yeah. could beat them. They were getting well, talk embarrassed about, at times. Yeah, there was, there was talk about, you know, does Dabo need to go? There's a lot of talk. Does Dabo need to go if he can't beat South Carolina? This was even after he was going to ACC championship games. There's a lot of stuff saying we don't – I, we don't care about that I, if he can't beat the chickens. I very much remember that. And that shows to me, I mean, because Dubbo is the toast of college football right now, I, I, I think still. But uh, it, that just shows how fickle uh, this entire thing can be and how quickly it'll change on you. If you, you know, if you, you know, like Kirby, I mean, Kirby's, you know, certainly done well this season, but what happens if they lose to Georgia Tech, man? I mean, this place is going to burn down. Uh, people will go crazy. You've got to beat your rival. And that's the biggest thing that Spurrier did, really, was he, he took care of Tennessee, Georgia, and they sort of held their own against um, against Florida State while he was in um, in Gainesville. When he was in Columbia, I mean, who's Carolina's second biggest game? I'd say it's Georgia, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Absolutely. They they did very well against they did as well against Georgia as they've ever done uh, South right. Carolina and uh and they dominated Clemson while he was there. That's that's the way I would put it at least. So hey, he yeah, wasn't gonna take that last he, he he wasn't gonna take that last loss. <laughs> nope. Got out while the getting was good. I said Spurrier was six and three. That's that's not really Yeah, no, that's that's still correct. I'm sorry. Oh, he might be six and four though. They lost the first year, I think it was, but he turned them around. Hey, so no chicken curse anymore. What um uh what what do you what do you make of uh you know as it relates to all of the um this start of the season uh, start of the playoff world season uh what games will you be watching the most i mean can notre can can anyone jump above notre dame i mean do, let me put it to you this way do you think that the playoff committee is figuring out how to get Georgia and Alabama in if if neither, if neither of them lose loses to anyone other than the, themselves? Do you think that the playoff committee is trying to figure out how to get them in, or is the SEC championship game a terminal game? I think the SEC championship game is a terminal game. I, I just don't think that I, – I, I think that the committee does not want Georgia and Alabama both in. I, yeah. That, to me, opens them up to a lot of flack, especially if Notre Dame is also in. If Notre Dame wins out, Notre Dame is in because Notre Dame's got a hard stretch down the road. They're in a good spot. They're in three positions. So if Notre Dame wins out, they're in. Then if you put Georgia and Alabama in, you're leaving out three power conferences, right? Because you've only got a spot. You've got, you've got can't leave the Big Ten out of this thing and see what happens. You know, so I, I think that, that they do not want Georgia and Alabama in there. So I think Georgia would have to play Alabama close, a very competitive game to remain in the top four. And one of the only interesting points of speculation I heard after the rankings last night were released, and you know you have two hours of everybody talking about them, was what happens when none of us have given any consideration to what happens if Georgia and Alabama go to Atlanta undefeated and Georgia wins? What happens to Alabama? Because you're already making the point by putting them number two that their resume is not great. Well, the resume is not going to get a ton better. They'd beat an, they would have beaten an okay LSU team and a pretty good Auburn team, but Auburn would have been deflated by that point because, in theory, yeah. they would have lost to Georgia. They would have lost to Alabama. So, you know, again, you're not going to keep Nick Saban out, but if, if Georgia you – know, and I don't think this is going to happen. I still think Alabama – it's a better football team than Georgia. I think Alabama will win, um, and I'm not sure it'll be a three-point game. But say Georgia does win, what do you do with Alabama? That, that to me, is a more interesting um, conversation than what happens if Alabama wins. I mean, the committee can, you know, brand they can say whatever, but the committee can get away with leaving Georgia out with one loss in the SEC championship game and, and, and live to tell about it. I'm not sure they can, I'm not sure they can weather leaving a one loss Alabama. Can they, can, so, but here's the, here's the thing, excuse me, here's the thing is, is I think that, I think what's going to set up to where Georgia really does have a very good case is it's, again, I, I get so annoyed sometimes, Josh, you don't deal with this so much, but I do. But people are saying, well, all you got to do is deal with the next game. I'm like, look, that's not our job. Our job is to uh, talk about what is going on right now, what the future could be, et cetera. 
talking about the next game is for Kirby and those kids. That's not our job. All right. Exactly. Absolutely. With with all that said, um, if you if you are if you are Georgia and your only loss of the season is to who will become number one Notre Dame, uh, excuse me, no, number one Alabama. Okay, so you beat uh, you, you're twelve and zero. You beat everybody who's left. Notre Dame is eleven and one. Their only loss is on their home field to Georgia. It would be really intellectually dishonest to put Notre Dame in over Georgia, a team that Georgia defeated because Georgia lost its only game of the year at the end of the season to the number one team in the country. Because that's what that lays out to be. So I, I disagree with you. I think that they will figure out in that scenario to have all three of those teams in. And there's another reason why, uh, for the record, and that is TV numbers would go, would be bigger. Okay, with Notre Dame in it, for sure, and same thing with Georgia. Georgia draws more than most everyone with the exception of Ohio State and Michigan. So, um, Georgia, I think, uh, would get, would get, would stay in there. Now, I don't know where they would be. I think it sets up that they would have a rematch with Notre Dame, uh, at the Rose Bowl. And I don't know who the four will be. I mean, if Clemson doesn't lose, can you really take them out? I don't know. I mean, you know, can you take Ohio State out if they keep winning? Can you take Oklahoma out? Can you not well, play Oklahoma in if they beat not, Oklahoma they're, State they're, and keep going? But here's the, here's the thing, though. Those guys are not in yet. Right. Right? I mean, the way I look at it right now is this is step one, and you have to either defend your position or move up. I will say that Clemson's sort of end of the road is not great. They they need a good South Carolina. Uh, NC State is, is – but they don't have a, a bunch of opportunity. I mean, a team that has the most opportunity, obviously, is Auburn. But, you know, I don't think anybody on this phone call and many people listening really think that Auburn is going to run the table here at the end. I mean, Clemson's end of the season could have been great. But they've got at NC State, they've got Florida State, who is just straight garbage, Citadel, and South Carolina, and then an ACC championship game that could be a rematch against Virginia Tech or against a Miami team that's already lost in theory to Notre Dame or maybe an undefeated Miami team. I mean, how can you know? Can can Clemson get back – can they get backdoored here? Yes, I, I think anything is possible. I think if you're looking for intellectual can, honesty can, can, from, from this group, you're in trouble. I mean, I, I, I think that they, I think that they make up. I, I think that they rank the teams wherever they good and well want to, and then they come up with a rationale afterward to explain it to everybody. I don't think that there's any sort of, well, we really have a core. This is our core value, and we're going to put everything in this core value. They sit in there, they watch football, and they say, okay, well, Alabama's number, Alabama's this, and, you know, I, I, that, that's what I believe is happening. Um, so you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't say well you can't you can't put Notre Dame in over Georgia because Georgia beat out Notre Dame on its home field. I bet they can, and I bet they would if Georgia loses you know by fourteen points or something like that in the championship game. Uh, yeah, Clemson could get could get. Well, uh, I'll say this: if if that happens, or you put Oklahoma with the same schedule, same record. If you're putting Oklahoma in over Ohio uh, behind Ohio State. I just don't know why you play these games. 
because obviously the results wouldn't matter in the in the in that scenario. I mean, you yeah. would no, you would you, I, would you would you would see a regression towards you know the SEC teams never playing anybody. Yeah, you're right. Because and why? I, because think, why? Why would you? Why would you? I think the games matter. The results matter when they want them to matter. When they don't want them to matter, they don't matter. That's the way I think it works. So. Well, here's here's the close of Notre Dame. So they've got Miami, excuse me, Wake Forest this week, uh, and then they got Miami. They got to play at Miami, Navy, and Stanford. So they have a chance to do some stuff. But that Stanford game is their last game, and I, I don't know if people remember this or not. It's great to go eleven and zero, or twelve, excuse me, twelve and zero. But if you don't have that conference championship spotlight, it's tough to really. Um, it, they will be the totally forgotten team that weekend. I mean, everybody else is playing. And uh, Oklahoma um, Oklahoma has a fair amount of shot here to get where they got to go. I mean, obviously, the, Ohio, the Iowa State loss does not look horrible. They don't – I mean, they've got the Ohio State win, but their whole season's in front of them. They've got Oklahoma State, TCU, Kansas, and West Virginia, and probably either Oklahoma State or Texas Christian again. They have a chance to have maybe two more decent wins. Um, you know, and we're, Georgia and Alabama really don't have a chance to get pretty good wins. I mean, Auburn, if both Auburn, if Georgia and Bama beat Auburn, both of them, Auburn's going to be eight and four. It's right. not going to look like a great win for them, Clemson, or Alabama. So, you know, basically, you know, if you're Georgia, Alabama, you've got to handle your own business and get to the dome and just sort of see what happens. But um, it is curious to see, you know, it would be curious to me to see the reaction, although I think people would be furious. It would be curious to see the reaction to if Georgia were left out because they lost the final game of the season. Uh, had the same record as a team that they beat and went in. Uh, it's just, uh, I think you'd see the Southeastern Conference, uh, at a minimum, the Southeastern Conference would blow a gasket. Georgia would, uh, easily do that. But, um, it's just not, I just don't see how they can do that job. I, I know how they can do it because they can do whatever they want. But I don't see right. how you can, Right, but I don't think that you can – I really don't think that you can stick, um, you know, push Georgia out and make them fall to number five uh, from number one. Uh, and it would depend how bad they were to lose. Uh, and, and, and the big thing is the Notre Dame game. If, if, if they lost and they were both undefeated and you had a Final Four of uh, Alabama – uh, Clemson, Notre Dame that did not play Georgia and either Ohio State or Oklahoma, that would make that would be understandable. But the problem is we've got that data point. We literally know which team is better than the other, and we literally know in that scenario where uh, the records are. So I don't I don't think they can do it. I mean I know they can do it, but I don't think they will. Maybe I'm being naive. Well, I, I don't know. Nobody's gonna forget about Notre Dame even if they don't play one week because it's Notre Dame. That golden no, they that will. helmet does them a lot more yeah. benefit. Than not playing one week does. I disagree. I think the guys on that committee, that for them Notre Dame, you know, recruits may not think Notre Dame is Notre Dame. The guys 
and and on that committee still know still believe Notre Dame is Notre Dame, and they will find a way. I mean, they can excuse anything they want to, especially if it happened to. No, no, I agree with you. I, I I unquestionably think Notre, if Notre Dame does not lose, they will be in. I'm not right. talking about this. I, what I'm saying is this is not going to be a Notre Dame versus Georgia thing. This is going to be, hey, we got three teams here. Nobody else is undefeated. Okay. I think if they, I think if they decide that they want to kick Georgia out in favor of an Oklahoma or Ohio State, they'd do it without blinking an eye. I don't think the Notre Dame wins saves them. I just don't. Because I've seen too many well, times. If, that, if, that, if, that, if that's the case, if that's the case, I mean, you just got to wonder what the hell they keep score for. Well, I get that. Yeah, I agree. And 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 agree. by the way, for the record too, I mean, I think you can see that ESPN is drumming up as much support for two SEC teams as I've ever seen. You know, they they just are doing that. It's 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 not the same, but it's somewhat similar to the uh, Ohio State Michigan rematch. You know, garbage that we heard about in two thousand six, and then the Gators beat Ohio State. That was not a route, was it? Or did they beat them pretty good? I'm trying to. Remember. I don't remember. I, I don't have any memory, but I, I mean, it's, SEC and ESPN are business partners. There's no question about it. They are full on business yeah. partners. So, yeah, I mean, there's benefit in that. You know, the SEC no, network blowout for uh, Florida, by the way. The SEC network anyway. would love would love that. Uh, I just, I think, uh, I think the thing about it, I, I do not. Here's who's here's who I do not. Obviously, everyone who's in the top four, I think, and the only one I think that could have a slight problem is, is Clemson. But uh, everybody in the top four who ki- who wins, they're, they're not going to get knocked down. I think if you see a scenario, if we enter championship week and the same four are in it and they all play, and obviously there's got to be a loser between Alabama and Georgia, uh, the loser of that game will become number three. Or they will figure out a way to avoid having Georgia-Alabama rematch, Notre Dame-Georgia rematch, although they're definitely not going to have a Georgia-Alabama rematch in the semifinals after they just played one another. So you'd see something, like Georgia would fall to three and play Notre Dame, Clemson-Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, Georgia and Notre Dame in the Rose. Uh, If Georgia wins, you'd see Georgia at the one, and I don't see how they could avoid playing Clemson at that point. It would have to be Clemson. And that would be in the Sugar Bowl, uh, Notre Dame, and and that might be the dream matchup for the TV people. I mean, you get you get. I mean, Georgia, Clemson wouldn't be unstoppable, um, but Alabama, Notre Dame, that would be a huge number. And then, and then in that scenario, you'd have a national championship where either you'd have Clemson against Alabama in a third, you know, national championship game. Or you would have Notre Dame Georgia rematch. Notre Dame any Notre Dame situation is a massive win for the network that is broadcasting, which is ESPN. Uh, or Georgia Alabama rematch. All those scenarios are good. Ohio State being in there would be great. Uh, Oklahoma would be good. Now, once you start pushing Miami in there or Wisconsin, it's yeah, not as appealing. It's it's not as appealing. But uh, you get what you get. You know. The, the number one college football game in terms of ratings uh, in recent memory was uh, was um, was Florida uh, was um, Ohio State Oregon. So one of those is certainly a TV 
uh, tuner on, but the other one was not. But it got the biggest number, over 30 million people. So I, I'm sorry we've gotten off on a sidetrack. What does Sacramento Carolina have to do to win this game, Josh? Do they just need to um, – I mean, they've got to stop. They've got to slow the run, right? I mean, they cannot. Yeah, they've got to tackle. They've got to tackle securely. So they can't let six-yard runs be 25-yard runs. And they've got to be able to run the ball well enough to stay on the field a little bit and to convert third and two when they have third and two. And, and you know, just hold on. You know, if they if they if they've been opportunistic at times. They've been very opportunistic at times. They've been a good team about forcing turnovers, about capitalizing on turnovers. If they can do some of that early, um, you know, you, if you're in South Carolina's position, you hold on, you hold on, you hold on, you hope you make a big play, and then a team like Georgia starts feeling some of the pressure of being number one in the CFB, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, and then and then who knows what happens because we've seen that crazy things can happen. But I think if you're South Carolina, you need to play really well, you need to be able to run the ball some, and you need a break, an early break, and then then, then go from there. And South Carolina does a few deep balls. And might hit, I, might hit one. I, de- I definitely think that you could see a scenario here where this game is tight in the second half and Georgia plays tight. I mean, I, I could I could see that. But, uh, you know, I mean, this is not a complicated Georgia team. I mean, this isn't, you know, right. sort of Auburn or A&M what they do. I mean, it's, right. it's very basic, black and white. Either you can stop us or you can't. And so far, the only team that's come close to slowing them down has been Notre Dame. And by the way, they didn't really play so hot in that Notre Dame game. And they should have won that game by probably 14 points, and they didn't. I and mean, there were some right. plays left on the field. I think Carolina, too, um, you know, the biggest thing is just staying in there and, uh, like you said, just, just sticking with it, basically. But, um, you know, if they can figure out how to force some turnovers, uh, that would be a big deal, too. Jake Fromm has has had some freak-out moments um, against Notre Dame, against Florida, and their, uh, against Tennessee, he did not play so hot. Now, those were road games. Um, all of them were – none of those were in Athens. But um, that's another thing, too. Is this South Carolina defense – well, is the South Carolina offense going to be able to run effectively to you? It's going to be tough. You know, they've averaged they, – they, they were a – very, very poor rushing team through the first five games of the year. The last three games, they've been better. But, like I say, the common denominator there is they played yeah. Tennessee, Arkansas, and Vandy, who are bad rushers. Yeah, and but sometimes, some, yeah, sometimes, Josh, you just need to get going. I mean, right, that, and that I think they have gotten going. There. And they found a few things that they like. They, you know, they, they found a few perimeter runs that they feel like they can execute consistently. And they found a guy... And, and A.J. Turner, who they've, you know, finally settled on as their, you know, he is their most trusted back, sort of their go-to back. So, yeah, they'll be better than they were in the first five games. Just can they do it consistently enough to move the chains and hold on the ball a little bit? Turn it over. I don't know. Yeah, can't they, turn they, it they get turned over. They get, they get blown out of the water. Yeah. All right, Josh, try to behave yourself. We will see you in Athens. Sounds and, good, buddy. Uh, We'll talk about the chicken curse after the game, or maybe the bulldog curse. No. Maybe so. You never know. <laughs> no, you do. Sometimes you do know. All right, Josh. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the roundtable on Dog Post. We'll see you soon.